Welcome back to Martins and More. My name's Maury Rutch. And I'm Spoon Phillips. And Spoon, if my eyes don't deceive me, it looks like you brought a special guest with you today. Tell me all about this. Um, well, what do you mean I brought a special guest? You're the one that's <laughs> introducing me. You're putting me on the spot. Katie, how you doing today? I'm doing great. Doing great. How are both of you? Very, very well. Let me introduce you guys professionally and courteously. Katie, Spoon, Spoon, Katie. <laughs> hello, hello. Katie, I don't know if you know who Spoon Phillips is. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> People know me. <laughs> oh, well, now I'm doubly excited <laughs> to be here. Forget you, Maury. I'm, I'm in it for Spoon. <laughs> It happens every time we have a guest on the program. We're so glad to have you here today. And those of you guys watching in the audience, whether it's live uh, on the YouTube version or if you're finding this somewhere else, uh, if you found it anywhere else in video format, let me know where because you're not supposed to. We are really <laughs> proud today to bring you basically the secret weapon that we've been using behind the scenes after all this time. Uh, over every episode, we still do get a lot of great viewer mail. And believe it or not, Spoon, a lot of people ask me, how are you doing this show? How are you doing the virtual concerts on YouTube? How do you do all those videos? How do you record the Mystery Guitar Podcast? The fast answer is Ecamm Live Software. And whether or not you're uh, a budding podcaster yourself, or maybe you've got a lot more episodes under your belt than we do, I think a lot of people watching these programs either have a, an affinity or an affection for podcasting, live streaming, YouTube videos, whether it's live as it happens or just recording to your computer. Ecamm Live is the, the backbone of everything we do here at Maury's Music, whether it's, you know, we have a show on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. A few of them are quite different, but they all rely on our ability to take these, especially today, this is a great example of interview, to have people... Maybe the, the Google term these days is Zooming, where you do a Zoom call. Well, Zoom, as you know, Katie, and I'll let you gush about it in a minute, is a really watered-down word for let's connect remotely and just cross our fingers, see how it goes. It has evolved so far in the way that we use Ecamm. This is hardly just connecting on a Zoom call and leaving things like audio up to chance or hoping we don't get dropouts. Can I ask you just briefly, Katie, take a couple minutes to introduce yourself to our audience so they know... When we say we have the director of marketing from Ecamm with us, what does that exactly mean? <laughs> oh, no, the hardest question <laughs> that I'll get in this episode. <laughs> well, <laughs> hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Katie. I am the director of marketing, which is just a, a ridiculous, fancy title to say that I get to spend most of my days hanging out with awesome people like Maureen Spoon, helping everyone get better at podcasting, video conferencing, uh, live streaming, recording videos, and everything in between, uh, and it's it's a really fun it's a really fun job and a really different experience than anything I've ever had previous in my career because I get to really like be on these kinds of shows and be connecting with people in ways that was were just never possible before. So it makes marketing really easy because in the video world everything is so public that similar to what you were just saying, Maury, everyone is like, wait a sec, how are you doing that? So it's just an easy, it's just an easy intro to being like, oh, I'll tell you, I'll show you how I'm doing it. And then hopefully you're going to be, you know, in, in this world as well. And like creating all kinds of cool things yourself. Uh, you can attest to the fact that we have not spent more than two or three minutes just making sure this connection worked and, and 
introducing the two of you together, you know, 90 seconds ago. Let me ask you, Spoon, how much did you know before we got on today about the behind the scenes and what's your experience with, with live streaming or software in general? I've done a lot of live streaming, but usually more as a guest, like in this situation, not as the host. I, throughout the pandemic, I, I did what a lot of musicians did and uh, put on some uh, cyber concerts and stuff like that where I would do sets uh, live from my, my home. I tried a variety of software. I am not in the Apple universe, so I, did not, I didn't even know about Ecamm at the time. Actually, it wasn't until you told me about Ecamm that I even knew it existed. But, um, and I've since, you know, done, you know, uh, realized that it's actually all over the place and it's, it's a, uh, enormously popular. And, uh, you know, I still feel like we're in the infancy of, of this. It's interesting to me that right at the era where people are becoming unwired and want everything to be uh, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and all that stuff that... My streaming technology, I found, works a heck of a lot better if you're actually plugged in. And ironically, I'm not plugged in today. I am going through Wi-Fi because I'm working. Uh, I'm out of uh, out of town and working remote at the moment on an assignment. So hopefully, this uh, this Wi-Fi will won't be too jittery. But I just want everybody to know, as a disclaimer, that any jitteriness you experience is has nothing to do with Ecamm and has everything to do with the fact that I'm in a basement somewhere uh, using somebody else's Wi-Fi. So, uh, so yes, I have, a, I, I have a checkered past when it comes to uh, trying to go remote live uh, streaming. Real quick timeout, Spoon. It's, it's not going to be a deal breaker, but I think I'm hearing some handling noise. Hold, hold on one second. I'm sorry. Um, you, oh, am I on the wrong mic? Are you hearing this? Yes. Yep. Oh, I'm, I have the wrong mic selected. I beg your pardon. Well, that'll be interesting. Let's see how I do that. Can I do that while I'm still connected? I think I can. Katie, you may know this. Yeah, you should be able to change your mic over. Wheel, and I uh, set the microphone to, yep. let's see if this works. There you go. Yep. You picked the right week to do that. <laughs> Testing, can you hear me? Can you hear oh, me? so much better. That's way better. You want to start the show over? This happens on our show all the time. This is like oh, does an it? ongoing joke on our show. Yeah. We're like, we're like, wait a second. Well, we can just keep what we just did and actually keep that live and show how easy Ecamm is to work. Yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> I to change things. <laughs> so you're hearing the difference between a, a $1,000 Neumann and a Logitech uh, gaming headset. So wow. it's a good demonstration wow. of how quickly Ecamm can be. Uh, adjusted to, to fit yeah. any yeah. microphone. Now, it's it's Katie's job to remember, where do we leave <laughs> off before we interrupted there? Was that something we need to reply from? Um, No. Uh, maybe? Yeah, Spoon was talking about his experience with, uh, with live streaming, which... I think it's like everyone's experience with live streaming, if we're if we're being real honest, right? Is this like we were all kind of thrown into it in the middle of of the pandemic, where it went from like maybe you were in like a professional environment where you were on you know Zoom calls or you know or video meetings here and there to like wow now we're all on video and if we don't learn how all this technology works, then we don't have anyone to talk to we're just sitting alone in our in our homes by ourselves right and so suddenly everyone was kind of thrown into this world of like i need to figure out like 
do I have a camera on my computer? How do I, you know, how do I make myself look as good as possible? And oh, that other person looks better than me. What, like, what am I doing wrong? And, and how do I, you know, how, do I need a microphone? And what is a microphone <laughs> for all of us? You two, you know, from coming from the world of music, we're in way better spot than the majority of people who still, you know, have tons of questions about audio and about, you know, how to sound as good as possible. And, it's I don't know, it's been really it's been interesting to watch everyone kind of grow up together and find their space and the all of this equipment used to be stuff that cost, you know, millions of dollars and was in like a, a set space and now we can be all over the world and kinda of connecting with each other and being able to create all of these cool shows and podcasts and everything in between. It's kind of remarkable. I totally feel the same way, and it's funny. I'm going to ask you for some backstory after sure. I tell you a little bit about mine. I know some of this is going to be redundant for Spoon, but my takeaway, when I first found Ecamm, must have been like May, or I want to say March yeah. of 2020, and it was one of those things where you might remember Aaron Short and I were kind of noticing we were both trying the same things. And to fast forward through a little bit of a story that, that shouldn't be retold here for different reasons, we found, I, I saw his videos, he saw mine, and we thought... I wonder if we could get together and not replace your shows or my shows, but do one extra show. Yeah. His original idea was to do a, a Monday afternoon where he had guests on, and sometimes they're musicians like me, sometimes they're music stores like me, sometimes they're Larry Fishman of uh, you know presidents of of brands yeah. of of gear that we all use, and it he he had a little bit of a hard time getting a lot of consistent guests on the show. So I said, why don't you count me as your Monday thing until you find somebody else. Maybe I'll have four or five or six Mondays in a row, and then I'll get bumped. And I'll, I'll be the guy you always go to if you can't land someone else. And we didn't really notice the, what the was going on. The backup guest. Exactly. And yeah. it was like, oops, that, that was a year and a half, two years almost of it was basically the two of us. And the guest was the uh, outlier, and it was almost always the two of us. But all we constantly did was talk about how to do it. What did you see this week on Ecamm where we could improve? What did you buy? <laughs> what, what are they using now? And then we would do the show, and then we would talk after an hour and 45 minutes or two hours on camera, talk another hour. Well, what didn't you like about that? And all we constantly did was try to improve. And over time, it was funny. I, I would I would see other people. We'd be on the Ecamm Facebook page asking for help and giving help. And I, I solved the problem that someone has now that I fixed that two months ago. But the problem I'm having today, someone else fixed it three months ago and we helped each other. I couldn't believe, I, I won't drop names because it'll probably be embarrassing, but some people that seem to be exactly as hopeless or as uh, not ready as I was. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then I, I didn't go, I went away for a month because I think my problems were solved. I came back a month later. Some of those people are teaching people everything about Ecamm. Like they went from, I'm not sure how to do this to, well, I know everything now because they, they just live on that community of Facebook and, and off Facebook probably now. So many people at Ecamm, employees and non-employees, are so... It seems like that group is just... They wake up and they're like, who could I tell today what I solved? And that helps everybody grow so quickly. <laughs> when I found Ecamm in 2020, how how much earlier than that were you guys already helping people do this? Or did I accidentally find you at the ground level? Oh, that's a great question. So the, the company itself has actually been around for a really long time. Our co-founders were creating like helpful apps back in college. So we, you know, we're, we've been around as a company for over 20 years. But the Ecamm Live software and the kind of this, this live streaming tool has been around for about six. And so it definitely was oh. in existence pre pandemic and had a and had a 
a pretty decent customer base pre-pandemic. But as you can imagine, like it, I, March 2020, you came in with, you know, thousands and thousands of other people who were like, oh, no, I need to figure <laughs> out how to, you know, I need to figure out how to do this. I need, you know, I don't want to lose my business. Like there, there were people who, you know, no matter what your industry was or your background was, or even if you weren't working and you just wanted to connect with with friends and family, we all needed to learn how to use video and live streaming made things super accessible. And, you know, and, the, and obviously this rush of people then, you know, were giving feedback and suggestions and things that they wanted to see as improvements within the app. And so flash forward from then to now, you know, Ecamm Live is really, you know, I know we're called Ecamm Live, but it's really much beyond a live streaming app and is really just like your, you know, your best friend in this video space, whether you're, you know, you're podcasting or you're recording videos for social or you're, you know, recording a course or you're connecting with someone and you're just doing like a, a video meeting or you're at it, it really helps you feel professional and look professional, regardless of what you're creating. And I and the community that sits kind of behind that is really what's, you know, it, powering the the tool as well. It's people like you who are like, ah, oh, you know, I like I tried this and I this isn't working and I, you know, and I tried to do this and you're asking questions and other people are giving feedback and our co-founders are are seeing that and listening to that and they're like, "Oh man, that like that's not as easy as it could have been. We'll have to make that change or we didn't realize people were going to be using it for this thing, so now we're going to add, you know, this additional feature on." So it it's great in that it's a, a helpful place for everyone to learn how to do it and try and play. But it's also really helpful for us as as people working for the company to say like, oh, wow, you know, it turns out like everyone who was live streaming or doing webinars, let's say back in 2020 are now podcasting and doing video podcasts in 2023. So, you know, what does that mean for the tool? And how can we how can we help more? But yeah, no, you weren't you weren't there at the beginning, but you were there with the biggest rush. Right? <laughs> I'm sure people in that group were like, where are these other people coming from? Yeah, it was it went from being like, a, you know, a smaller, like niche space with maybe like a couple hundred people to I think we're over 20,000 in that group now. So wow, wow, that's amazing. Wow. Well, I'm curious to know, because I know this, um, basically exclusively, uh, because of musicians. So what was your main uh, demographic or what were your main demographics uh, across that gro- growth period? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I would say pre, pre-pandemic, pre it was entirely marketers and marketing marketing professionals, YouTubers, right? Like people who were really in that marketing space. And then the pandemic hit. And I would say that maybe the, if I had to pick like the three top audiences would have been musicians, churches or like any kind of house of worship that just like had a you know had a big following and they needed to do a recurring video meeting <laughs> for lack of a better word needed to needed to get up and running and then educators and that goes just beyond like teachers in the classroom to anyone that you know maybe that was music teachers or that was you know people that that needed to be able to connect and walk someone through something those were kind of the biggest groups that we saw kind of coming out of the pandemic. And then you had smaller, like we had, you know, people who were on the stage. So, you know, magicians were like a weird, huge wow. audience that we saw coming. We're like, wow, I didn't realize there were this many magicians out in the world. But there, <laughs> there were a lot of them. And they were, you know, they were doing all of their what used to be, you know, a ticketed event on stage. Comedians is another, you know, another group that came out of it. So anyone that used to be in a in a classroom or on a stage presenting needed to be able to do it digitally. So they traditionally wouldn't have been 
live streamers or, you know, video professionals, but had to learn, had to get up and running. Wow. So I know you can go online and see demonstrations and, and that sort of thing. But for people who are just learning about this for the very first time, uh, how would you describe Ecamm in terms of of what actually happens when somebody like Mari of Mari's Music does a live stream like this? What it, What's on the computer and what's required, you know, to, to do this from somebody's home? Yeah, absolutely. So, so Ecamm is, uh, is actually a Mac-specific software. So you need to have a Mac computer, not an iPad, not a, not a device or a tablet or a phone. It has to actually be on a computer. The reason for that, um, well, a few reasons for that. One is that it's really bi- it was built for Mac. It was built for that kind of make it really simple, make it um, you know really beautiful, make it really powerful. So it is taking all of the awesomeness that exists in a Mac computer and is using that to power all of your videos and all of your live streams. As far as how it works, is it is a it's an application that you download. You have it on your computer. When you open it, you have the ability to kind of go uh, one of three ways. So you can live stream. And when you're when you're live streaming, creating a video, it's also recording that video and those audio files onto your computer. Um, you can record a video in any format. So whether that's a you know vertical video or widescreen video, whatever format you want, square even. And again, that's that's recording it and saving it onto your computer. Or you can use what's called a virtual camera, which is a slightly complicated way of saying that you can take anything that you're creating in Ecamm and you can uh, you can connect that into other applications. So things like Zoom or Teams or Google Meet, anywhere else where you would be selecting a video, you would select Ecamm as your video and that would allow you to do things like roll video clips, play funky sound effects, um, you know, add your logo in the corner, bring on comments, do a lot of cool things that are specifically within Ecamm that may not be available in some of those other softwares. So you can do much more kind of engaging and fun meetings. It allows you to do a lot in the space of uh, video. And those who, those of our customers who kind of have this, it's always on mentality, uh, you know, end up really saving themselves a ton of time because they have everything already all set up that, you know, the moment they pop Ecamm on, they know that they can, they can go live, they can record a quick video, they can jump onto a, a video meeting or conference and be able to look and feel their best really easily without having to overthink it too much. Fascinating. So if somebody like Marich, um, when you go in to do one of your live shows like Martin versus Martin, where you and another guitarist, Marshall Fleischer, is in a completely different location and you guys are taking uh, turns playing songs uh, to each other and engaging in conversation and all that, what kind of setup do you have for the amplification and how does that end up in Ecamm? What I'll do is it, it really takes full advantage of what Ecamm calls interview mode. And more specifically, within interview mode, one of the really great updates way, way back in 2020, to circle back and tie in my earlier story, when Aaron and I were, were first broadcasting together, Ecamm was smart. I don't know if the other places did this, but there's an echo cancellation feature where because you might have an echo from me speaking and the computer hearing what my voice going through my guest's earbuds back into his microphone. Long story short, there's some fancy software in the background that makes that more listenable. Well, that works really well to keep dialogue from repeating and and bouncing, but it sounds horrible for music because it sounds like you're taking an MP3 in an old style 
boombox radio spinning it around a fishing pole and driving down the street with it it sounds so weird <laughs> and we had we, the first episodes we ever did together back in 2020 i would actually record uh in garage band or i for, now that i say it i forget how i did it this isn't this funny i don't know what i did before ecamm <laughs> literally on the microphone now but somehow i, I recorded a video and it was in high quality, and I dropboxed it to the host, and he had it on his computer, and we would talk about a guitar for 15 minutes, and then when we had to listen to the guitar, it had to be pre-recorded. Ken and Glenn, the, the founders of Ecamm, in the you know spring or summer of 2020 updates, and, and they're always updating, they put some patch together where you could disable echo cancellation and let full frequency audio happen back and forth. So Spoon, to answer that, when I get on with Marshall, I'll send him the uh, Ecamm invite, and you really only send it once, and they always have it. He clicks on the invite and electronically, air quotes, calls me. I answer the call just like I did with you guys today. He'll do a little quick sound check. He's got a couple of microphones in front of his guitar, and he sings and plays into it the same setup. It comes to me through Ecamm interview, and then I broadcast simultaneously to Facebook and YouTube when I'm playing my song, you're hearing me in front of two microphones going through Ecamm into the modem. And when you're hearing Marshall, he's interviewing into my computer with his sound and it's passing through Ecamm, just like I can play a, a sound drop right now or something on the internet. I can also let you hear the interview playing and talking. So that's how we're doing it. And uh, to speak to Katie's comment a few minutes ago with the always on mentality, I'm in a situation now where we built this studio downstairs in the basement of Maury's Music to do recording, at least audio. Once the video element got important enough, I was extremely lucky that this room was acoustically, I won't say transparent, and it's it's not correct, but it's it's miles ahead of of an afterthought where we're we're careful what things sound like in here for demo reasons. So adding a couple of lights and again. Uh, diving into Ecamm on Facebook and finding out what people are doing. And, oh, my God, you could probably go back and, and look at all the questions I'm asking about <laughs> angles. And is this too bright or is the color ba white balance wrong? I had a head start with a good sounding room when I decided to put a video element in here. But that's how Marshall and I will do that. And the set it and forget it where we get done Thursday's show, I'll turn everything off. I'm sitting at the desk I sit at using the same Mac that I use for work. And then if Tuesday or Wednesday rolls around or, or Monday, whatever new project I'm doing, I am still in front of all that gear. But the fact that it's Ecamm, uh, it, it sounds like a commercial, but it really does so much heavy lifting in the background. It's so easy to use that all that stuff, besides the occasional glitch where, you know, things are always progressing. I'm not forced to be an engineer. I just really just do turn it on. I, I answered your call today, Katie, right after I answered Spoons, hit record. We're not live streaming, but we are recording to the computer and something Katie started to mention but didn't go into detail about. I have the ability now to record isolated video and isolated audio. At the end of this mm -hmm. podcast session, when I have to take it and do some editing, I've got Katie on her own track. Spoon's got his own track. I'm on my own track. If there are those times we're going to trip over each other or we're all talking at the same time, the fact that Ecamm gives me those three stems, like we would call them in audio, I could just move things mm -hmm. in different timelines to just get out of each other's way that's how we're doing today's show and that's exactly the same way we do thursday's show but thursday's just broadcast live well i have a couple of follow-up questions but first for katie he mentioned uh interview mode what modes are there and how do you use them 
Oh my gosh. I think interview mode is the only one that we call a mode, but <laughs> there's there are a ton of different um, features, obviously. Interviewing is a, is a big one because, again, people want to be able to do these kinds of shows where they're pulling people in from all over different places. Um, so, it, I mean, as as Maury was saying, it works pretty easily. It generates a link within um, within the app itself. You send the link out to anyone that wants to join. They click the link, and that could be on any device, so they don't have to be using a Mac, they don't have to be an Ecamm customer, they can join however they want. When they click the link in the browser, it just connects them directly into the show. And as Maury was saying, what's even cooler about it is that it then gives the host, whoever's running the show itself, all of their files as well individually, which is helpful if you're doing a lot of post-production work and you want to be able to pull things in or make any tweaks or edits to them. Um, yeah, I guess I guess if we were thinking about modes, it, sort of similar to what I was saying earlier, we have these kinds of, you know, the, the idea of like, well, either you are live streaming or multi-streaming. So you're going out to one of the, you know, the main platforms, whether that's YouTube or Twitch or um, LinkedIn or Facebook, all these different places, or maybe you're going to all of them at the same time and you're creating video out in front of a live audience where they can watch and, and engage and you can see their comments and feature their comments. It's all in that live space. And then we have the idea of just recording a video. So you're not live at all, You're, but you can still bring on guests like we're doing right now. And you can still, you know, have graphics and animations and roll video clips and have, you know, an entire production that you're creating. Uh, or you can, as I said, take this kind of virtual camera uh, mode, for lack of a better word, where you can take anything that you're creating in the Ecamm environment and use that as your camera source. So it just gives you a little bit more control than if you were just selecting your camera or your phone as your camera in a different app. So it would let me do things like put any kind of graphics on screen or or anything in the audio side as well. So adding in any kind of video clips or sound effects. So People like teachers find it really helpful because I, I don't know about you, but when we're going through like the pandemic and listening to my kids at home with their, you know, with their teachers virtually and they're like, now I want to roll, you know, roll this video for you all to watch so we can discuss it. And then they're like, ah, they like couldn't figure out like how to do that in like the <laughs> Google Meet environment. So they're like holding up their phone and the, the kids can't hear the, uh. so it, you know, it just makes it significant. It makes it as easy as, you know, as the idea of sharing a screen, right? So it just comes up, but it comes up out of the way you can talk over it or you can mute yourself. Uh, so just giving a little bit more functionality there, but those are the, the three kind of, if we think about it from a modes standpoint, and then obviously there's a number of different features within it as well. So you can build out, um, Shows, for example, which we call profiles. So, you know, as Maury is saying, he's got a whole bunch of different shows that he's doing regularly. So when he logs into Ecamm, you know, he can just click through. It's like, okay, well, today we're doing this podcast. I'm going to click into that profile. And, and that show is then all built out there. So he doesn't need to be spending a ton of time every single time he jumps in to be like, okay, where are my graphics? Where, you know, where is my, I want to have my split screen or, you know, have it look a similar way every single week, you can just build that out and it saves it in the different profiles. Um, and then we have a concept called scenes where your scene is like uh, how you're flowing through your content so that you don't need to think about it as much when you're live or when you're recording. So you can plan it all out, build it all out in the same way that you would do like a PowerPoint presentation. For example, you just click next and that, you know, and each next that you're going to is a different scene that has the elements that you want already built out. So, you know, maybe the first scene is like a an intro video and then the second scene is, you know, just Maury doing his, you know, welcome to the show and then the third scene would be all of us on camera talking. A fourth scene could be, you know, a, a focus just on one of us so that then when you're 
actually recording or live streaming the show, you can literally just hit that next arrow or you can use like a tool like a stream deck, which triggers those actions without having to look away from the camera because you don't want to sort of don't want to be like distracted looking down at what you're doing or (laughs) trying to find files when you're in the middle of recording. And that saves a ton of time for people because the ma- again, like the mass majority of people who are doing this kind of thing are not from a video background, right? They're not they're They don't want to do a ton of editing or if they're doing editing, they don't want to be spending hours upon hours doing it. So if you can make it really easy up front and planning it out and helping them flow through their content, then, you know, ideally they don't have to spend a ton of time or money on that post-production side because the show just looks great as you're doing it. And then you, it, it just then it's just done. You're like, wow, I did, I did that. We did it. We recorded it and we're good to go. Or, we, or you know, we're going to do a little bit of editing because we want to, but it's not something necessarily that we need to do because we've planned it all out up front. Sure. Well, that's excellent. I, you know, that's fascinating and, and that's great insight into how powerful it is from a, a, a user ease perspective. And it certainly uh, makes uh, Mari sound less and less impressive because now I realize <laughs> it's not how easy it is to do these amazing <laughs> things that he's been doing on his various shows. Sorry, um, Mark. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm fa- you, you may not be used to the way we rib each other, but it's all in mm. fun, isn't it, Mark? <laughs> if I had feelings, they would be so hurt right now. <laughs> okay, so that's fascinating. So then a quick follow-up for you, Katie, before I go to my follow-up for Maury, is how many participants can you get away with? And is it based on the power of your computer, or is it what are the limitations therein? Oh, that's a great question. So you can have up to 10, so including the host, that could technically be 11 people on screen. And yeah, absolutely. The more people that you're adding in that, you know, if you think about that as you're adding in a separate video feed, and obviously you want that video feed to be the same level of quality as, you know, as the original feed. So you you are putting more pressure on your computer. So to have up to 10 on camera, you do need one of the newer Mac computers. So the, they're the ones that have the non-Intel chip. So it's the Mac Silicon chip. So an M1 or M2 computer. And honestly, you know, if we're being like real candid, because now we're all friends, having 10 people on screen is like way too much for your audience. (laughs) Anyway, that's like a lot of people on screen for you to be able to trip over and interrupt each other. Yeah, from a presentation standpoint, I was thinking more people using it for a a live meeting, live discussion sort of thing, you could have up to 10, 10 people. Yeah. Yeah, so you can definitely have up to 10 people. um, And yeah, and if you're not caring as much, I guess, about like, you know, the output of that, then, then yeah, that probably is, is fine. I would say, you know, we don't have as many people that are using it from like that level of video conferencing. So it's like smaller groups or, um, or teams that are, you know, checking in and out and you can have people coming, you know, in through the green room and then out through the green room. So you could have like, say you're doing like a larger, um, you know, a conference, like a virtual conference, you could have, you know, your speakers coming in on stage, you know, you have maybe four at a time, and then they're leaving and other ones are coming through. So there's no, there's no (laughs) limits as far as that goes. That's a good point, because you can certainly overload people's brains by having too much going on at a time. Speaking of overloaded brains, my, when you, um, (laughs) when you, uh, when you do hook up to this with your two microphones, um, how do you interface? What is your interface, and and how does how does it connect to Ecamm? 
Uh, I use a Behringer digital mixer. It's the same mixer I use for my band. And what I'll, I'll literally just bring it into the studio, put it down here. And until I have a gig, this will sit. And as soon as I get a gig, well, I'll say it in reverse. I can leave it with all my band gear until I broadcast again. But I broadcast four days a week, so it comes right back in. But I connect two condenser microphones to the Behringer, USB into the Mac. And it's uh, technically, it's a CalDigit hub because Katie can speak to this. As soon as you get into this game at all and you think you're going to buy a microphone and a camera, the universe laughs so loud at you, you're going to have to get all these other peripherals because I think Mac, I don't know why they have this affection of making these beautiful, gorgeous machines with one USB input on one side and two USB yeah. inputs on the other side. But as soon as you plug anything into one of those USB inputs, if it isn't nice and small, it's covering the other one up. So yeah. not to get into the weeds, but it, it's two microphones into a, an interface, into a peripheral, into the Mac. But once I did that, the only thing that gets a little bit confusing and maybe off air, I'll ask Katie sometime to give me some advice. When I do this with Marshall on a Thursday live stream, we'll both have earbuds in one ear and I get to hear the sound effects and Marshall and not myself at all, which is fine because when I'm playing acoustic guitar, I don't need to hear myself monitored. I'm, I'm hearing me. The audience hears everything that my microphones bring. The audience hears everything that Marshall's microphones bring and Marshall's earpiece lets him hear me. Same problem when he's playing guitar, he doesn't hear himself in an earbud, but he hears himself in the room and the audience hears us as if we're just in, in their TV. So that's fine. The one little catch, and, and this is just because we're very open and honest about it. When I, we used to do the program with Clayton, the OG of Martin versus Martin, but he got busy and had to leave the show. I couldn't do the show full time anymore. He comes back as a guest. He would sometimes, Spoon and I talked about ribbing each other. I'll play funny sound effects after somebody's song's over. Clayton would do that too. And I never got to ask him exactly how, because these days when Marshall tries to play a sound effect, as my remote guest, he'll play a song through the microphones, but he'll push a button. Either he can hear the sound effect in his earbud and no one else can, or he can push yeah. the button and the broadcast hears it. But he's, he says to me, did it work? I couldn't tell. So there's, there's still a, one little eh, that yeah. bums me out as far as not knowing that the top and bottom of the software it's for another time, but that's, that's the one little thing that's, that got me tripped up monitoring your computer sound and your guest's computer sound and your host's computer sound while the audience mm -hmm. can monitor it too has has it's still like a big geometry problem for me that i can't solve the more you add into it the you know the more complicated it gets those are those are the kinds of challenges that are always i'm like oh okay <laughs> audio is the hardest because it it is it's so difficult and when it goes wrong like it's just such a like <laughs> a horrible feeling right because it's hard to solve when you can't hear or when you hear doubled audio like it's hard to talk that through and get it solved and especially when there's a live audience on the other side who are all then leaving comments that are like we can't hear you or we're hearing you <laughs> twice like they're all trying to help and it's just unnerving so yeah yeah that's a good that's a good question i'll have to take that one back and think about that a little bit um it's funny like that's a use case that I never do myself because I'm not, I'm obviously, I'm not playing music. I'm not a musician. So it, it's one of those ones where I'm like, oh, okay, we got to walk through that. Well, I will say when, the reason I asked is because when I was doing this stuff during the pandemic, using non-Mac software for non-Mac computers and trying different ones, I went through exactly what you said. I thought this was just going to be 
it'll be easy to set up. And it was not easy to set up. And it required a lot more, much higher learning curve than I expected. Um, and this was just mm-hmm. to get very simple things happening, like a tip jar sort of thing that would show when somebody made mm-hmm. a donation or, you know, those kind of things. It would work yeah. one time, then it wouldn't work some other time. And there was just no rhyme or reason you had to reach out to communities that didn't always respond. And so that's why I was always impressed once you got ECAM. And I saw, first of all, how slick it looks when you do these different shows. But then also the fact that at least from the audience perspective, and this is this is kind of the level of professionalism, is you make it look extremely easy. So that's why I was always curious about how easy is it really but it's you know, and but it sounds like once you got the appropriate interface and the profile that goes between the interface and the Mac, that then it started basically taking care of itself. Would you say that's accurate? I would. Oh yeah. I I think the hardest part of it is trying to figure out what what you actually want the outcome to be, because I think that the challenge that a lot of people have, and maybe you were just in a better spot for this, Maury, than than some people. But it's you know they're like they know, for example, they know that they want to do a video podcast. Like I want to do a video podcast, right? And they're like they they've seen other video podcasts. They they just love the idea and they know what the content is, but they don't necessarily know what they want it to look like. And they don't really know like, and then they also don't know how the software works. Right. So you're learning the software at the same time as trying to figure out like what camera you want and what space you need to be in and what kind of microphone you should get. So it, I feel like that's what confuses people. It's not that the software is hard. It's that it, because it can do so much and in so many different instances and you're, watching what everyone else is doing it's really difficult to be like oh okay well, i kind of want my show to look like that person's show and like how are they doing it and they're like well i'm using this camera and you're like okay so then you buy that camera and you're like okay but i can't i'm not getting it to look the way that it is over there like it's it's so visual and there's so many different like abc things right it's like you need you know you could have this camera this microphone and this software and you know produce this show and you could do the same thing with a plethora of other different combinations. So I, I think what makes it tricky is is really thinking through like what your workflow is, and then knowing like the kinds of questions to ask and how to test to make sure that it's working the way that you want it to. That's what's, that's what's tricky. Like like you're saying, you're like, okay, well now I don't have enough ports, you know, so now I need to get something else in between to make sure that I have enough, you know, I have enough ports, and that you were using a piece of gear that you've used elsewhere so like does that connect in and you know and yeah and like and even your sound effect question it's like once you you know like what you want it to do then you're like okay well now I got to figure out how exactly I do it and what's the easiest best way to do it but there's not one there's not one size fits all there's probably like as we look into it I'm willing to bet there's probably like four or five different ways (laughs) to accomplish that so there's you know there's probably some silly workaround and then once once enough people are doing this silly workaround then software like ours is like well that's silly we should just build that as a you know into as a feature or as into a fix in the in the app right yeah in the same way like spoon you were saying for the tip jar like a lot of problems related to some of those kinds of features was that it didn't really exist before the pandemic so people were building those applications or those tools so quickly that then they weren't all that easy to use or they were breaking and they were taking the feedback as people were, you know, saying like, Hey, this isn't actually working the way I want it to like tip jars, virtual tip jars took a long time to get to a point where they 
made sense for people and actually worked properly because I think they were just being developed so quickly as things were happening that they were probably pretty half baked, like in a lot of, in a lot of those implementations. <laughs> That's funny. I know I tipped Spoon five dollars more than once just to watch those coins drop in, <laughs> and I was so pissed off when it wouldn't work. <laughs> yeah. I still owe you a check. <clears throat> <laughs> Spoon and I know that we do this program non-linear. By that, we mean we record it, and then I have at least a few days to edit it. And then the last step is to animate it and put it on YouTube. What would you do, Spoon, if I told you, and maybe you already know this, that Katie and Doc, they do their weekly podcast. They record it live, and their show that shows up on Apple Podcasts and all the streaming services was a live YouTube to start the week before full with interaction and, and I'm, I'm so impressed at how they can start their show say hi to their guests and then they say okay guys here we go and on camera in front of people they do the countdown here's where the real show is going to start and then they put a show on with everybody watching they're just flying without a net and then that program ends up being something <laughs> not just listenable the next week but it's very entertaining and boy it, it takes so much bravery that I, I would never have but can you speak to that point Katie, to kind of give Spoon the 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 real idea of what's happening because it blows my mind. Maybe stupidity and not bravery. <laughs> Maybe stupidity well, and not whatever bravery. works. You call no, it what you I, want to call it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's funny. I we I mean, part of that is that you know, Ecam again started as a live streaming tool. So when we were thinking about getting into into podcasting and trying to trying to think through, like from our audience's standpoint, these are people who want they want to start a podcast or they want to add video to their podcast. But again, like by and large, these are not video producers or videographers or even, you know, even audio people who are used to all of this. And so, and they're doing it probably as like a side hustle or a passion project or something that they're just starting off. So we need to make the experience as easy as possible. And what it seemed like was a huge barrier for people was that post-production editing side of it, right? So it was like this, like, you know, well, we need to like, you know, we need to hire an editor and I need to get all these different editing tools. And I need, to, you know, we need to spend all of this time making it like really perfect, you know, and uh, this huge recording process. And we need, you know, all of these different steps. So we were like, well, what if we what if we just put ourselves up <laughs> as, as examples and we're going to make mistakes along the way and we're going to talk through like the challenges of it. But yeah, what if we tried this format where we, you know, we have this like really great already built in audience of people who are used to showing up for a live stream and, you know, asking questions and comments live and being like in the room with us. So now it has become our our live studio audience. And it's become kind of this like joke where we're like, okay, you know, we're here. We're on YouTube every Tuesday at 12 p.m. Eastern with our live studio audience. If you want to like know what this process is like to record a podcast episode, come and join us and we will like we will hang out with you for the first 10, 15 minutes. And at the end, 10, 15 minutes, we'll take all of your questions. And if someone says something brilliant in the chat along the way, that actually might steer some of the conversation or the questions we're asking to our guests. But then that makes the editing process so much easier. Like you literally are just, you know, trimming the beginning and the end off. We're okay if there's, you know, if there's something that was said that like wasn't exactly perfect. We've just sort of accepted the fact that people would prefer to have our authentic selves than like something that's really, really heavily edited and perfect anyway. So we, you know, we just kind of, we work our way through the process and we now do this thing with um, an improvement we made along the way is we now have a 
a producer, so one of our colleagues who is actually driving the ecam production. So even though we all have ecam, we Doc and I who are co-hosting the show, we call in using the guest link in the same way that Spoon and I are today. And our producer Luis has all of the scenes and everything is ready ready to go and built and he just hides off camera but is there as sort of a, a safety net. So he, you know, we're recording on our end with our files. He's got files on his end in case anything goes horribly wrong, we can fix it later in editing. But we don't always need to. Most of the episodes are pretty clean enough and good enough that we're just done at the end of that at the end of that hour, which is is just a nice feeling. And I do the same thing with my I do a personal podcast with my best friend just talking about 80s and 90s movies. And it's become so fun. Like the live recording is actually way more fun than like watching the movies or researching any <laughs> of it because it feels like friends are jumping on and they're, you know, they contribute to the conversation. And it, it, I think it really changes the content of the podcast and makes it feel bigger than, you know, than what it could be otherwise. So I, I think it's a fun format. And I think it does make things a lot easier for people. Well, it certainly sounds you mentioned early on uh, about magicians. It sounds like you guys sound like a couple of magicians. But now <laughs> that I know more about Ecamm, I realize that it's not, not that difficult after you uh, get, to, get to know the program. But <laughs> But so did you guys, yeah. did you do a uh, Halloween movie uh, podcast? We did. So I've been, uh, so we, we do ours weekly um, and we've been doing for the last few weeks, we've been doing different um, Halloween and horror movies. So last night was Hocus Pocus. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's, it, you know, the show we were like originally, we just used to get together and, and we lived across the street from each other. We grew up together. And so we used to just watch movies like all the time, right? We I worked at Blockbuster. We were like all in on movies. And now we live in different countries and we're in, you know, we're we're different points in our lives. And so it's just like we were like we just really wanted the show to be an opportunity for us to be able to be together and like watching the same movies, you know, every single week together. But it again, it's like it's gotten bigger because of how cool a time we are in right now where like it for free for literally free like i we are able to open a youtube channel <laughs> and live stream to it and anyone like any of our like existing friends and family and or anyone that stumbles across it can just be there with us and like be sharing like oh you know like like i you know i saw hocus pocus for the first time when i was like whatever and we watch it every single year and it, it's so fun to hear people's stories and it i don't know yeah it brings people together and again like i'm not I'm not doing it to make money or to change the world or to do anything past just spend time with one of my favorite people. But the live to tape kind of mentality of it and, you know, being live every single week makes it easy and doable for me, but I think also just makes it a really special experience that I would not have thought of otherwise, like, you know, other than just I forced myself to do it for work. So it became like a thing that just made sense to me and works really well, but. That's very uh, cool. Yeah, oh, fun. that's we learned something about Katie we didn't know. That's very interesting. Yeah, <laughs> fascinating, fascinating. Good I knew that. You. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you. We certainly enjoy doing this, and we get a big kick out of the fact we, you know, we hear from people from all over, you know, the U.S. and across the sea. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's always really fun and nice. And one of the things that people like a lot is when we torture each other with this game we call Twenty Questions. Then that usually that game is one of us has to think of a Martin guitar model and the other one only has 20 questions to guess. And Mari came up with a brilliant, speaking of scary Halloween, scary things, of subjecting you to a 20 questions. 
Um, <laughs> then we're going to make it easier for you. Mari's got, he's going to okay. ask you a series of uh, questions. I don't know how many you have, but he's going to ask you some true and false questions, which will make it somewhat easier uh, to test your uh, your luck at a 50-50 chance of answering uh, questions correctly regarding Martin Guitar. Okay, I'm in. And then I'm going to have uh, I'm going to have some surprise multiple <laughs> choice questions at the end, a couple of multiple choice questions. Okay, well, when I fail, you'll have to still be friends with me because I know very little to nothing about Martin Guitar. So, <laughs> but here we That's go. That's quite all right. Well, then Mario will be very happy because then you'll he'll actually have a better record than somebody else on the <gasps> show. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take one talking point from Katie's last speech before I go too much further. Uh, you, you mentioned about how this is so much fun and you got together with, was it Natalie who does the VHS club with you? Yeah. All yeah. right. So first part, you're not very good at marketing at all because you never told us the title of that podcast. <laughs> Two, I, I feel the same way. This is something Spoon and I have been friends since like, I don't know, 22, 23 years. And we would always get I together at least it. a handful of times a year doing Martin videos at the factory or at the Martin Fest uh, festivities in August. This show has forced us to connect at least once a week for, I don't know how many, how many months and years now. And I hadn't noticed how often we would go with only a quick text or an email, but talking to each other once a week or more consistently has just been, uh, like you said, if it goes nowhere, doesn't make a dime. Um, it sh- it should stop costing yeah. money soon, but it's been so much fun, and and I hope you feel the same <laughs> way, Spoon, because I'm uh, I'm not done with you. But why don't we get right into our new version of Twenty Questions? So at the very end, I'm going to give you an opportunity to redeem yourself and put me on the spot. But first question for you: True or false? The Martin Guitar D28 was introduced in the year 1990. False. Yay! All right, I'll put sound effects in later. (laughs) This is correct. Yes! (laughs) You're one for one. Do you want to quit here or keep going? (laughs) Oh, no, keep going. (laughs) We're risking all. (laughs) The Tonewood Mahogany is inferior to the Tonewood Rosewood. True. Yes! Well, you just made a new friend in Mari. That's a minority opinion that he has been happy to (laughs) spread... um, Around the internet. Oh, not an actual f- fact, true, false? This is an opinion, true, false? Oh, no. Well, it's absolutely not true as an actual fact, except in certain people's minds. Um, oh, there are people right, who call themselves right. mahoganites that are big fans of mahogany, but rosewood is more expensive, it looks cooler, and it's a much more complex sound, but, but uh, there's a lot of people who love the sound of mahogany guitars. So anyway, there's a <laughs> trick question we've been subjected to. Love it, love it. Okay, true or false? The Martin Guitar Company is the oldest family business in America with more than 500 employees. True. That's true. That is absolutely true. They I was like, I really founded, want it to be true. <laughs> they founded in 1833, 10 years, they're 10 years older than Levi Strauss. So. Wow, that's awesome. All right, Katie, true or false? The Martin Guitar Company in Nazareth, Pennsylvania didn't start in Nazareth. It started in New York. False. (laughs) Oh, no. All right, I'm done. (laughs) I'm winning. I'm winning. The original Mr. Martin was a German immigrant that settled in New York City, and his his original shop is now where the entrance to the Holland Tunnel is. 
But then they, oh, okay. uh, his wife uh, convinced him to move to Pennsylvania where the uh, German settlers were uh, in eastern Pennsylvania. <laughs> All right. Well, I got to end by winning because I want to be able to put on my social media that I'm a Martin expert. So, so. All right. <laughs> Give her an easy one. One of the most famous things about Martin guitar is they inter- introduced and invented the uh, Martin D-size instrument, D stands for dreadnought, that they came out with in the early 20th century that became the most copied guitar shape in in the world. Um, the dreadnought body shape was, true or false, named after a famous battleship. True. That is absolutely true. The HMS dreadnought oh, that ruled yes. the waves for the British Navy <laughs> and meant, of course, fear nothing, dreadnought. So... But the guitar supposedly was so big at that time that it sounded like a cannon compared to other guitars. So. <laughs> That's awesome. My last question is a very tricky question, but it's one of those, it's like the song, If You Don't Know Me By Now. Katie, you and I have known each other very, very distantly for less than two years, so we don't know each other, except for professional courtesy, and we've, we've talked on things like this. You have a really good podcast. Oh, I thought we were friends. <laughs> we, we are. I, I just mean, I'm setting the table so if you get this wrong, people don't think that we're, we're fake. So. Okay. You, all right. All right. Th- that's how I meant it. It was, it was from a, a place of love. But okay. you've got yeah. a very cool podcast called The VHS Club, and I followed it from the beginning. Nice. You've done an episode on probably one of my favorite movies from the 90s. If I tell you that it was one of your earlier, one of your first 10 episodes... I want you okay. to tell our listeners that you know me so well that you know my favorite movie from the 90s is this. Oh, no. <laughs> See? Um, I'll give you three chances. I'm going to guess uh, Pump Up the Volume. Nope. No. Empire Records. No. <sighs> that Thing You Do. Oh, that would have been a, an honorable mention. L.A. Confidential is one of the best movies in any decade. Oh, I just got to say. See, I figured you were going to be music related, so I went with all the music ones. (laughs) Maybe they should be my favorites. Ah, Yes, good good call. Good call. Good way to think about it. You're a good sport anyway. uh, Well, great movie, by the way. I probably would have guessed uh, those same kind of movies, actually thinking about him. But... uh, um, Okay, so I have a multiple choice question regarding uh, Martin Guitars. Which of the following recording artists never had a Martin Guitar Artist signature model? John Mayer, Sean Mendez, Eric Clapton, or Taylor Swift? Sean Mendez. Oh, that's incorrect. He's got it. It's real new. So even a lot of people who know Martin Guitars might not have known they just came out with a Sean Mendes signature model. It's actually, I'll just put it this way. uh, Martin's biggest competitor these days in the world of acoustic guitars is Taylor Guitars out in California. And you can imagine who one of their main endorsers is who gets free guitars from Taylor Guitar. And everybody keeps saying, why didn't her parents name her Martin Swift? (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> though she does own a Martin D41, one of the more more expensive Martins, but she Ooh. she's not allowed to play it on stage or on television. Oh, but wow, uh, sold her soul to Taylor. <laughs> but probably. But yeah. and then my second multiple choice question: 
Uh, Martin Guitars in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Which of these desserts is associated with the uh, traditional populations of southeastern Pennsylvania? Is it shoe fly pie, whoopie pie, Moravian sugar cake, or chocolate chip cookies, or all of the above? All of the above. It is all of the above. That's right. Hershey's chocolate is from Lancaster. Where, <laughs> and uh, we wouldn't have had Toll House cookies without Hershey's chocolate. Yeah. Uh, Moravian sugar cake. The Moravians, uh, you used to not be able to live in Nazareth, Pennsylvania if you weren't in the Moravian church in the 1800s. Yeah. Yeah. And all of the major um, musical instrument makers in the early America were all Moravians because music is a big part of their tradition. Shoe fly pie is a famous Amish dessert, as mm-hmm. is whoopie pies. Yep. So there we have it. Awesome. Congratulations. You got that one right, too. Yes. So I think you did do better than Mari typically does in 2012. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> he stumps me sometimes, too. Um, it's true. Great questions. Katie, before we let you go today, extra, extra credit. Okay. Spoon just mentioned shoe fly ply. Shoe fly ply. Shoe yeah, fly shoe pie, fly. Moravian <laughs> sugar cake, Toll House cookies, yep. chocolate chip cookies. We're very good friends with uh, a gentleman at Martin Guitar named Mike Dickinson. Which of those desserts is Mike's favorite? Ooh. I'm going to go shoe fly. Moravian sugar cake. No. Well, uh, I don't know if I've ever had Moravian sugar cake. Uh, yeah, my shoe yeah. fly pie is kind of an old-fashioned thing that... Old guys, not that Mike, and Mike's not that old yet to be a oh. fly pie fan, but yeah. Oh. It's a nice guess, though. Nice guess. Yes. They're thank all you, great. So, but anyway, this was great fun. Nice guess yeah. and a nice guest. Yeah, Katie, you're you're awesome thank for joining you. us. We um we scare a lot of people so away, fun. but we're so grateful that you didn't just show up and you didn't leave early. <laughs> One spoon had a problem with you, Mike, at the beginning. I thought that's going to be where she says, oh, listen, guys, I can't be on a podcast with jokers like this. But you've been so gracious and uh, we really appreciate you being here. Is there anything else we forgot to ask you? Or if we give you the floor one more time to make sure that our loyal listeners who have stayed with us the whole way through this program, what should they be told about Ecamm Live before we sign off for the afternoon? Oh my gosh. Well, just I would I personally would love to meet you all. So come and hang out in the Ecamm community. I promise you don't even have to try the software. The people are just so fantastic that I feel like you'll end up like Maury anyway. So it yeah, no, it's it's I guess in final like notes, it's just it's such a fun time that all of us can for pretty minimal effort and pretty minimal cost get up and running and connect with people and create all kinds of content and you have every single person has like a skill or a story to share so step into this space if you're not here already it's really it's really fun and i i promise it's a, a lot easier than you may think it is well, our show is proof of that, but I really want to speak for Spoon when I say thank you very much for your time. Spoon, I want to thank you for getting me out of 20 questions this week. That was part of the reason I invited Katie, <laughs> so I don't have to lose that game again. But from all of us at Maury's Music, thanks for listening. Hear you later. This has been a presentation of Maury's Music, your trusted source for Martin and Blue Ridge guitars. Find us online at maurysmusic.com. <laughs>